It's time for The Bright Side, a coaching radio show for changemakers, the organizations and positive leaders creating positive change in the world. The Bright Side is sponsored by P-Link Leadership. At P-Link Leadership, we have one big goal, to accelerate positive change. It's all based on fusing the sciences of human nature with the discipline of leadership to transform the world at work, or as we call it, accelerating positive change in a big way. And now as your host, Alexis Robin, Chief Experience Officer and Co-Founder of P-Link Leadership, I'm here to bring you 10 minutes of insight, theory, and actionable tips to support you on your journey of becoming the best version of yourself. How to get the most out of your team. Sometimes leaders wish they could clone themselves, and they're often asking in coaching sessions, how can I get someone to produce more? Or how can I clone myself in my job so that we can get more done? This is Alexis Robin with The Bright Side and welcoming you this week. Thank you so much for being a listener. Uh, We are about, I want to say, 13 years strong on The Bright Side and talking about life and leadership. Oftentimes when we're thinking about how you can get more out of your team, people seem to think that headcount is the answer. So let's just hire some more people. Our team is burned out and we need more bodies and we need more people. And sometimes headcount is the answer. You just don't have enough people, but sometimes you don't get it, right? So you might have a great plan. You might have pitched it to senior leadership. You might really need it. And they might say, not this year. And so what do you do? when you don't get it? What then when the reality is, is that people on the team are burned out? What we know is that the more burned out people are, the less productive they are. The less productive they are, the bigger the backlog. The pressure starts to increase. The burnout keeps getting worse. And as a leader, you're thinking, what am I supposed to do? So I want to share some strategies with you for increased productivity on your team. And the first one is to use a strength-based approach. So what do I mean by that? I mean, normalize not being good at everything. Oftentimes people in organizations or on teams where there's not a lot of psychological safety feel pressure to be good or do perfect work on every single thing. And the reality is that's not how we're wired. Some people are great public speakers. Some people are incredibly creative and come up with lots of ideas. Some people are process oriented and systems aware and can put together an incredibly intricate and creative solution for how multiple teams can work together to solve for big problems or big opportunities in the organization. But not everybody is good at everything. Somebody who's excellent at executing may not be good at strategy. Someone who's good at influencing may not be as good at building long-term relationships and trust. So what we want to do is really normalize being really good at what you're really good at. And on your team, you can't make more time, but you can increase energy. So think about it as skills drain, strengths gain. So if you're good at something because you've learned it, that is a skill. If you're good at something because it's a strength, it's something you were born with. It's a natural talent that you have that was developed over time, that's had learning put towards it, time invested in it, lots of practice, and has become a strength. And a strength is something that we do with very little effort better than most other people. It doesn't mean you can't be good at something you don't have a strength at. It just means that that takes more energy. So 
oftentimes with strengths, we think about them as not very valuable because for us it's easy and we often associate value with things that are hard. But the reality is if you can get your team lined up working in accordance with their strengths, you'll get more outcome, more engagement, more energy from your team. So there's a great resource for this. It's called the Clifton Strength Finders. Gallup is the organization that put that on. And there is a link in the um, description of the show that you can click on to find the assessments. They're pretty inexpensive, under $50 per person, and they will help you identify your strengths. If you don't have the money or resources or time to do an assessment like that, what you can do is ask people what part of their job energizes them and what part drains them and get a list of the stuff that drains the different people in your organization and then um, put it up on a board and do a job garage sale and let people walk around and see are there any things uh, are there any of these items up here that maybe drained one of your employees but are super inspiring for another for instance um on our team, I am not really great at proofreading things. It's just not something that comes naturally to me. I can do it in the right circumstances and if I have plenty of time and quiet, but I'm traditionally pretty not great at it. Uh, So that's something that drains me because it takes a lot of concentration. However, there are a few people on our team who love to proof things and it just comes naturally to them typos, missing commas, glow off the page at them. So for them, they're delighted to do that work. For me, I am delighted to record a video, to um, record a podcast, to uh, get up in the front of the room and talk to people to come up with creative ideas. So I would take any of that off someone else's plate. So that's how you can use that strength-based approach for your team. The second uh, scenario that you can do is to really stop solving problems for your team and to coach them. So this is a little slow as smooth and smooth as fast, but if you stop solving your team's problems and you start developing them, then over time they'll become more self-sufficient and more empowered and they will come to you less, which saves everyone time. Here's a little recipe for coaching. Uh, after they have done a presentation or they've had some kind of, um, maybe they finished a report for you or a project, you can ask them to come in and ask them, how do you think that went? And then they'll tell you, and then what would you do differently? Or what would you change if you had the opportunity to do it again? At which point they may need some time to think about that. And then they'll respond. And then if you have some feedback for them, you can offer to share some support. May I share, may I share some ideas, um, or some things that I noticed with you. This ensures that you give them a chance to tell you what they think they did well and where they think they got in their own way early on. Being able to coach them is important. Also asking questions in advance when they come to you and say, Hey, I don't know how to do this to say, well, what approach might you use if you had to decide without me and see what they come up with? It might be great. They might just not trust themselves enough to go with it. Uh, or asking them, what does support look like versus jumping in and fixing something for them the minute they come to you with a problem. Sometimes people just want to tell you that there's a problem because they want to be acknowledged and validated, which we'll talk about in a minute. Before you jump in to solve, be sure to ask, what does support look like? And many times they will say, oh, I don't need anything, or I'm not sure what I need. And they'll just say, I just wanted you to know. So that's, that's good to know. Another strategy is to stop being overly critical 
if somebody gets 90% of the things right and 10% wrong. Acknowledge and validate what is going on in the situation. If things are hard, if you are understaffed and you didn't get headcount, if you have a short-term project that's due for a client and two people are out on you know, maternity leave and somebody's sick with the flu and you have one person left to do it, it doesn't help them for you to pretend like that's not hard. Acknowledging and validating people is a very empowering thing and energizes people that lets them know that they're seen and recognized for what's going on. And then they can spend their energy actually doing the work versus trying to make visible how hard the work is. Pay attention to balancing out negative feedback or criticism of some small thing that went wrong when there are many, many other things that are going right. It doesn't mean you don't acknowledge the thing that went wrong, but just make sure you're also acknowledging all the things that went right. And then finally, protecting people's downtime is really important. Encouraging self-care. We know that being on all the time results in diminishing returns. People who sleep less than six hours a night for a week straight often operate at the same level as somebody who has a 0.1% blood alcohol level. In California, it's not legal to drive like that. The funny thing is, is the research behind that statistic showed that when asked, leaders said, oh no, I'm fine. Just like when someone's drunk and thinks that they can drive. That's surprising. So we self-report that we're doing just fine and we're producing at the same level. But when they tested leaders who had been under rested, they hadn't slept uh, for multiple days in a row, their results and their productivity went down. We also know from a different survey that after eight hours of work, it takes twice as much time to do the same task as before eight hours of work. So imagine that if you've worked eight hours and you're going into hour nine and 10, then uh, it starts to take, you have that diminishing returns again, it starts to take twice as much time to get things done. And we really just as a group of leaders need to make it safe to do what's necessary for peak performance. If this means that your person goes out for an hour lunch and takes a walk after they eat so that they're fresh for the afternoon, if this means that they come in at 9.30 so they can sleep in an extra half an hour, 45 minutes, and still get their exercise in, if this means that uh, they leave at five so they can hit a yoga class on the way home or do something that's going to support their physical body, though all of those things help drive peak performance. So if you've got people who are not sleeping, not moving their bodies, not taking time to rest, not being idle, it's very hard to be innovative and creative. Their returns will diminish and over time the burnout will compound. It's up to us as leaders to really make it safe for people to do what is necessary for that peak performance, whatever that means. And sometimes it might mean less time at your desk, but you get a better output at the end of the day. So try it. See if it works for you. These are some ideas of how to get more out of your team, especially if they're feeling burned out. It is hard to be burned out. It's hard when your team is is understaffed. We get that and wanted to share some of these strategies with you to help you bust past that and uh, and support your team in the process. This is Alexis Robin with The Bright Side, sponsored by P-Link Leadership. Check us out online at plinkleadership.com. Reach out if you would like to bring some of this goodness into your organization. We have the Positive Leadership Lab, which is a fantastic program that is built for busy executives who want to only meet 
a couple times a month versus for multiple days at a time out of the office and brings a lot of applicable skills and training and practice of these leadership concepts that we're talking about. And again, have a great week. Thanks for listening. 